show where we don't just report on French science, spirituality, themes of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yes, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And this episode is about ghosts. Yeah. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Hey. And we thought it would be fun to uh, have a spooky-themed spooky. episode to, to interrupt this our- This is either spooky or Mr. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> you do have that horse pendant, so- Horse. Horse. Carrypoppy.horse. <laughs> I'm surprised they had a horse domain. <laughs> ex- Why would they do that? I don't know. I had to choose between dot horse and dot dog, which was a hard decision. If there had been a dot pigeon, it would be over but there was not. Okay, so Carrie, for some reason, but CarriePoppy.horse. Not which for just, some reason, for a good reason. Which just leads to CarriePoppy.com. Well, Carrie, I don't own CarriePoppy.com. You don't? No, it was like WordPress.com. Nope, it was like WordPress.CarriePoppy.nonsense. Oh. Oh. All right, well, this is an improvement then. Yeah, so, and CarriePoppy.com, I cannot buy. It is bought. And you'd um, been recently... story. Okay, you'd been recently infused with horse energy. Exactly. Courtesy of Teal Swan. So I said, people can remember CarriePoppy.horse. <laughs> and so here I am. But we're taking a break from all of that <laughs> to uh, present to you this fun, spooky episode. Yeah. About the, the Hale, Hale House. House. Yeah, we got an invitation to an event put on by Gula, Gula the Ghost Hunters of Urban Los Angeles. Yes, and you can just tell they stuck urban in there because they were like, "We got it's got to be ghoul. I respect it. We yeah. would do the same. That's, don't get me wrong. It's a good backronym. <laughs> We've both, I think, been to their events before. I don't know if I've actually gone. Or if I've just looked at their events and not been able to go. We've definitely wanted to partake in some of their events before for the podcast. They have some haunted red line tours. I've been with them a couple times. Once when they had a spooky marionette show at the Bob. Oh, awesome. Bob Bark- Baker. Baker. I always think, no, Baker doesn't sound right. It's Barker. Nope, yep, it is nope, Baker. It's Baker. Bob Baker Marionette Theater in Los Angeles. Which, which- is moving. Is it? Finally. They always talk about closing it they or moving do. it. Supposedly it's official now, but two of my good friends just got married there in a secret wedding last week. Whoa. No longer secret. I'm not <laughs> You're spilling not... the beans here. Okay. But congrats, Vince and Caroline. Hey. They had another event that was near my old place in North Hollywood. Music and poetry and an old bar that was supposedly haunted. Anyways. Mm, cool. They... Send us these events every now and then. Gula is organized by Richard Carradine. And I've read one of his books because he wrote a haunted Disneyland book. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's very much into the haunts of Los Angeles. And uh, he is part of the Carradine clan. Mm -hmm. All these famous, good-looking Carradine men. I think there are some women who have also been successful actors. He is the nephew of David Carradine and Keith Carradine. Would I know them if I saw them? Maybe. Did you ever watch Dexter? No. He was Deb's boyfriend for a while. That's Dexter's sister. Uh-huh. And then David Carradine, he was also famous. He was on a TV show where he played a kung fu guy. I'm getting this from Wikipedia. He played the peace-loving Shaolin monk 
on the television series Kung Fu. That's it. Uh-huh. So anyways, yeah, they were- Oh, bu- he's Bill in Kill Bill. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is also what he is well known for. There are many other Carradines, Robert Carradine, Bruce Carradine. Anyways, this is the oh. son of Chris Carradine. He's the one who died that horrible way. It was an accidental uh, erotic asphyxiation. Oh. Yeah. Which is how Mulder was supposed to die. Really? In the X-Files, there's a psychic who predicts that's how Mulder will die. Whoa. Well, anyway, uh, Richard Carradine runs Gula, or maybe co-runs it. Uh, maybe. And But he's usually the kind of figurehead person who introduces the event. Yeah. Seems like a friendly guy. Got to chat with him a little bit on the way in. Yeah, I've talked to him via email a couple times about his Disney book. He's real sweet. Nice. So they were going to do this tour of a place called The Hale House. Now, if you go Googling this, don't end up looking at The Hale House in Connecticut. That's not where Uh, we went. uh, There uh. are two haunted Hale Houses in these United States. <laughs> okay, so we're in the California, the Los Angeles Hale House. This event, which was on Eventbrite, said calling all ghost hunters, paranormal investigators, psychics, sensitives, and those interested in possibly getting a glimpse of the other side. Whether you are a seasoned pro or first-timer, we want you for our first-ever haunted house experiment. And hey, that describes us perfectly. We are included in that call. And it would be followed up by a viewing of an Amityville horror movie. Amityville 3D. Yeah. Which came out the same year you did. Oh, that's right. 1983. (laughs) And it would also have a little comedy show. Yeah. Which... We didn't even know this, but our good friend Jude Shelton ended up being one of the comedians. Uh, we'll tell you more about that. Yeah, it's super fun. When we get there. So do you want me to tell you about the history of Hell House? Tell me about the history of Hell House. Wait, is this giving anything away before we say what happens? I don't think so. Okay, well, we went in not knowing the history right. of Hell House. Right. We wanted to see what we could see. Well, do you want me to tell you it afterward? Yes. Okay. I'll tell you the history at the end. But trust me. Stick around, there folks. There is a history. It existed before we got there. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we showed up the night of. Yeah. We, How much were the tickets? 13 bucks. Oh. 13. Oh. Was that a Was that a Friday? Oh, I think it was a Friday. It was Saturday. Oh, so. Saturday. Woo. Saturday the 13th. Woo. But not even the 13th, was it? Sep- oh, no. <laughs> it was $13. September 29th, <laughs> but it was $13. Saturday, $13. <laughs> <laughs> All right, trying oh, to make this boy. creepier than it is. Yeah. So, we sh- which is what this event was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we showed up with our QR codes. There's nothing creepy about QR codes, <laughs> except that the, why are we using them? Yeah, it was hard to park. It, it's down at the Heritage Square, which is a Los Angeles haunt with lots of historical buildings. Yeah, Pretty it's cool. really neat. So they set up this little area where they were like, this is what LA looked like in the 1800s, and we're just going to put four or five houses there and keep them in working shape. An outdoor yeah. museum. Pretty- yeah pretty cool idea and so that wasn't the original location of the Hale house it had been moved yes but only a couple blocks yeah not far and that always mystifies me just the thought of moving Moving a a building yeah totally how do you do it i don't know i couldn't do it i was reading a little bit about this and they said that when they did move it in 1970 they had to pull it up by the foundations including the the brick fire place fire oh yeah yeah yeah. chimney 
Chimney, yes. And I'm so excited about Mary Poppins Returns. Oh yeah. <gasps> I, go on. I'm both I'm both nervous and excited. Oh, I'm just excited. The poster's really cool. Mm, well, the, and, anyways, okay. moving on. So yeah, I read that they had to pay three thousand dollars at the time just to lift telephone lines to clear the house as they were moving it. Oh wow. In nineteen seventy dollars. Right. And so oh, wow. it was over ten thousand dollars to do the move period, but additional money just to get those obstructions out of the way. Wow. Pretty crazy. Yeah. What humans can do How? when they put their minds to it. It's true. And what houses will do when you set them somewhere? Unless they're building a pyramid, in which case they need help from aliens. Then we need (laughs) aliens or the gods. Did you know that actually the large pyramid, the Great Pyramid, actually has descending staircases? Okay. Because all the others actually have ascending staircases. (laughs) But not that one. Yeah. Was it that way or was it the other way around? I think I got it right, but I'm not sure. Probably did. Who knows? Gene Scott. Oh, Gene Scott knows Ahmed. Definitely knows. Anyway, (laughs) there were a lot of people at this event. Yeah, they were lined up and we were- It was nighttime, of Mm -hmm. course. Yeah, it it was amazing. Right as this was starting, it hit nighttime. Mm -hmm. So we took photos of the house maybe 15 minutes apart and one was twilight and the other was night. It was black. Yeah, Yeah. it got dark really fast. It started Mm -hmm. at seven o'clock. There was this nice yard out in front that we'd mm-hmm. all lay down our picnic blankets on and baskets. Yeah, thankfully you had thought to bring a blanket and a basket and cucumber. And, and cucumber, because I sure hadn't thought to bring <laughs> any of those. Would never thought to bring cucumber. Oh, it was good. <laughs> and so we set up a little far off the main crowd. We were to the front right. Yeah. And I was telling Karen, well, there's going to be a 3D screening. We should get closer to the center. And I was like, no, I, th- I like it. I like it right I here, li- right like in the front on the, the side. Yeah, but we're at like a, like a 25 degree angle to the screen. Perfect. This isn't going to work. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like moving. Fair. They also handed us little maps because everyone was going to be taking turns going into the building. And as we'd go in there, they wanted us to mark wherever we felt something anomalous. Yeah. Now, this was presented a couple of different ways, Hmm. which I think drives home how important it is to be specific in your data collection. Okay. Because I think it was presented that way once, and then another time it was more like, there have been reports of creepy feelings, so mark where your best guess is of where you think the anomalous activity is. Oh, that's different. Yeah, and I absorbed that second instruction. And then later was like, oops, Shouldn't have done it that way, but that is what I did. Yeah, okay. We were given golf pencils to do that with, but there was already a long line of people waiting to get in the house. And uh, when I see people in a big line, I think I'm going to wait for it to die down. That's Whenever people rush to get on a plane, I'm mm-hmm. like, what? What are we you doing? You have a seat assignment. You have, probably unless it's Southwest, then okay. In which case, yeah, fight to the death. Yeah, but you're fighting to get on this tiny cramped space? Just wait. <laughs> Right. Just wait. Anyway. Yeah. I'm more motivated if I see something not getting attention. Like, oh, well, Uh that needs some love. I should go represent. Totally. But if I see everybody else, they're like, ah, it's good. It's covered. Mm -hmm. No, I totally get that. So we went and we sat down for a while and we saw... Our friend Jude. Jude. Who is a stand-up comedian, delightful person. One of the most likable people on the planet. It's true. And I had texted her before the event and I was like, Jude, 
Turns out you're going to be at this thing Ross and I are going to. Now listen, we're doing it for the show, so don't mention that that's why we're there. Don't mention <laughs> our show. It's just like, okay, got it. Which is a certain way to make sure Jude's going to tell this to people. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think she legit forgot because I walked up to her and hugged her and she turned to the organizer and said, have you ever heard of Oh No, Ross and Carrie? <laughs> that's Carrie. Oh no! Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And this poor woman—that's a pretty good Jude impersonation. Like, looking at me and looking at Jude, so confused, and I'm like, "It's fine, it's fine. Nice to meet you." Trying to get Jude to stop <laughs> saying I'm sorry. <laughs> Finally, Jude walked away and texted me, "I'm so sorry." And I'm like, "It's fine, but stop saying sorry. You're making it worse." But she did stop after that, and then as we were walking up to the house. One of our fine listeners came up to us and said, are you Ross and Gary? Yeah, not too loud. She was very discreet about it, actually. She, she was better than Jude. She said, oh, my goodness, are, is it you? And uh, it was very sweet. I think her name was Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. And uh, she said, I wrote you before because I buy and sell houses. Oh, yeah. I and I wrote them. you that we're not all bad, all of us house flippers. Yeah, yeah, said, yeah. Yes, she yes, said, we I'm, know. I'm the defensive house flipper. <laughs> So it was fun getting to beat her. And I had beforehand mentioned that since 3D space uh, was going to be involved in the 3D projection, probably my friend Eric Curlin was going to be there. And Carrie said, well, do you want to warn him in advance that he shouldn't say anything? I thought, no, nah, don't, don't need to. So no, he didn't say anything. Your friends intuitively know. <laughs> they intuitively know. Mm. So yeah, sure enough, he was there running the, the 3D aspect. And his wife Jody was there who used to be in our book club, hey. the, the one where we met. So this was all very incestuous. We knew everybody here. <laughs> You're much better at guessing how many people. How many people would you guess? I'm going to guess 90. That's a good guess. Yeah? Yeah, I would say somewhere in the range of maybe 125, 150. Okay, okay. Yeah. I almost guessed that high, and then I was like, you're overshooting. No, no, okay. that's that's fair. Yes. Could have been 90. <laughs> Usually I'm like, oh, there are 100 people there. And Ross is like, there were 1,000 people there. <laughs> I counted every one of them. I didn't this time. It's this, yeah, nice little area. There's lawns in front of each of these old style houses. So it feels like you have gone back in time. There's a kind of town square and a little wooden building as you first enter. Mm-hmm. Looks like almost a, an old style Saloon train depot or, or yeah. something uh-huh. like that. And uh, and so we were off towards this railroad car, and they had put the screen in front of the railroad car. And uh, yeah, we listened to some comedy, some storytelling. Some spooky telling. From, People were talking about their encounters with ghosts and stuff. From Jude and others. You had brought the wine bottle, but didn't have a corkscrew. Oh. And so you asked Jude to ask the audience <laughs> if anyone had a corkscrew. I told Jude not to say one thing and to say another thing and she got him See, if up. you told her, please tell everyone that we are from the show, <laughs> Oh No, Ross and Gary, she wouldn't have said a thing. <laughs> Uh, she forgot. But the people next to us had one. Yeah, as soon as we said it to just the general assembled crowd, the lady right next to us had, uh, had a corkscrew. corkscrew. She so came we drank prepared. an entire bottle of white wine <laughs> Yes, we did. And, and from the bottle, like yep. winos. Just taking turns here. Yep. Here's the Here bottle. You go. Oh, and, you my know, turn. And now that I think about it, next to a railway track, that's the way to do it. Two hobos sipping out of a I feel thing. like I drink a lot of wine. Is hobo an offensive term to those who ride the rails? Two rail riders. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> Me neither. I don't know. We used hobo in Wreck-It Ralph, so it's oh, okay. probably fine. Well. Vanellope asked Ralph, are you a hobo? Oh, okay. There you go. Anyway, we went into this darn house when it was our turn. 
when the line had slowed down. Yeah, and Jude was done telling her story because we didn't want to miss that. And uh, yeah, they let us in there, but they warned us not to be deceived by appearances because beauty beauty is is found found within. within. They also warned us not to take photos of the interior. Yeah. So we got lots of photos outside. And someone asked why they couldn't take photos of the interior, and she said it was because it would Disruptive distract to the, the other, other guests. Mm-mm. I was thinking not that's, buying it. No. Mm-mm. Be honest for your prohibition. Yeah. You just want to preserve the mystique yeah. and not have a bunch of pictures that's, online. That's fine. That's legit. But there's only 10 of us in here. It's not going to disrupt me if someone takes a picture of the piano. Right. We should describe the exterior a bit. It's not a huge it's like house. It's a house. Yeah. Well, it's like, it looks like a maybe a dollhouse, if yeah. you will. Kind of that style. It's It's a mishmash of styles. It's a bit of Victorian. I don't know. It's a little bit of everything. There's different styles of shingles and brickwork and the house is really colorful yeah it's like teal and pink right but maybe teal is too strong a word mint and pink swan (laughs) swan and pink and many different shades and Uh slightly different hues of those colors so inside they have a little plaque and it talks about the coloring of the house and there was an American paint company or something that sounded oh, like right. that. And back when they painted it in the early 1900s, they used every single one of the 39, I think it was, colors to paint the house. So let's go see it in the dark. R- right, which you think would normally look pretty garish, but they're organized in bands of similar colors. And with the mishmash of architectural styles, it just kind of works. It's, it's this- really fun. It, it reminds me kind of of the painted ladies in San Francisco. Oh, yeah, right. Like the similar house colors. House. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We went on in there, mm-hmm. took our little papers and our little pencils, and started walking through the entryway. And off to the left, there was a little kind of sitting room area. And interestingly, it seemed like everybody agreed nothing's going on there. I feel nothing. Yeah, so I've got the drawing of the results from later just to get a feel for the names of the rooms. So as we came in, there was a front staircase. Then you've got your porch and you walk into the entry on your left is the parlor. parlor. Now, not many people experience things there, but then again, it's roped off, so you can't mm. really walk into the parlor. Mm. Okay, fair point, fair point. Also, I feel like it's the very first thing you hit, so I, I, I don't know, like something. Feels You're reserving wrong judgment, about, so you yeah, can compare like, the rest oh, well, of the house. The right here. Yeah, right, and. You have a couple different options on where you can go. You can go straight down the hallway or you can move from that parlor into the sitting room. Yes, sitting room. Now, this place has a lot of musical instruments. Yes, it does. Like three different organs slash pianos. There was a yeah piano in the parlor and then an organ in the sitting room. And then you were telling me there's a big pipe organ. And I was like, where? This was very funny. It was one of those like sort of slapsticky moments because it's sticking out from behind your head. I says, don't play it. Carrie says, turn around. <laughs> and yeah, right behind me are these giant pipes. Yeah, it's huge. And they said that the original house had far less furniture. In fact, this felt very... I just realized why this place is haunted. Why? All the organ failure. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for our show. <laughs> hey, it wasn't me, everybody. Just remember that. No, that was pretty Sorry, good. What that was were pretty you good. Saying? 
the docent told me that most of the furnishings in the house had been supplied from donors who had period appropriate furniture and tapestries and pillows and oh, interesting. glass items and silverware. So really this house was a little overcrowded with items. Mm-hmm. If you were actually living there, you would say like, okay, can we like clear off some surfaces? Yeah, why do we have this many organs? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that explains it. I was thinking, so was this like a really musical family? And then I didn't see anything about that when looking up the history. But okay. If people were just donating shit, that makes sense. It did remind me a bit of my wife's house my wife. that she was raised in. Because the one it was, with the doll story? Yeah. It was built in the 1890s and or late 1800s. And it is legit creepy. Okay. And it has a very similar... This was also built in the late 1800s. Feel. Yeah. 1887. So through the sitting room, we go into the dining room. Mm-hmm. And the dining room is one of the places I checked off as this is my one of my guesses about where the creepy feeling might be. Ah, mm-hmm. It did have some stuffed ducks, like taxidermied. And ducks. Carrie said, I sense death somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I said, oh, <laughs> I know where you sense death. And <laughs> I said, oh, no, actually, I, I wasn't know. thinking that. But that is sad. Make a right and head into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Small little pretty kitchen. Yeah. Has a big, um, what would you call that? Like a butler's pantry? I think that's what that's called. Oh, uh-huh. Kind of a walk-in pantry yeah, situation. Yeah, sounds right. And that pantry was actually creepy. It was, because yeah. there's a see-through window in front of it. You have behind this frosted glass stuck mm-hmm. back just out of the reach of the light, various objects of different colors and yeah it felt creepy oh what's in there and there's that that effect where there's light in the room you're standing in but there's no light in the pantry so automatic scare and i think even if we get rid of the idea of hauntings within a house you can still have a psychologically scary looking place oh for sure and uh, yeah that was the corner of this house if i had if i had had to guess I would have said, oh, yeah, okay. that's, that's well, a Well, I crossed spot. that place, too. Actually, on my little form, I wrote, like, death in each place, <laughs> not knowing I was going to be actively turning the sheet in. So I must have been like, whoa, this person's freaking out. So then there's a little water closet off to the side of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then you go out to the back, and there is a back patio. But also from the kitchen, you could go into that hallway that originally connected to the entry. Mm-hmm. And between between the two, there's this nice, fancy-looking, narrow staircase mm-hmm. heading up. And you want to go upstairs. But you're not allowed but to. But you can't. You're not allowed to, but we were told if you hear anything up there, there's no one up there. But it was cordoned off as a private space. Mm-hmm. And there was also a little uh, water basin next to those stairs as well. Oh, yes. Kind of out of place, maybe had served some other purpose at some point. Very small. Yeah, that was labeled as a water closet area, and that was a real minimal water closet because there was literally just a water basin. And there was all this spattering inside of it, which the docent told me it was very recent. There had been some mud that had come up through the drain. And uh, (laughs) And then a tiny little closet that... I opened, and then it was very obvious I was not supposed to do that. So it's just like brooms everywhere. Water heater, all very <laughs> modern oh, stuff. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, very small house, and uh, we were through it pretty quickly. But it had all of the old-style 
surfaces, glass and velvet mm-hmm. and wood and wainscoting. I just, it felt old and... Yeah, charming. Charming, yeah. Lots of sheet music. You know, in the olden days, people were just like, we need sheet music around. We got to have it. Mm-hmm. We love sheet music. You never know when someone's going to want to sit down to the pianoforte. Yep, exactly. And the whole time we were in there, I had our ghost meter on mm. and All active. Right. And uh, just kept it in my pocket as I walked around. It didn't go off. But then when we got to the back porch. Yeah, it started a little bit to ding, ding, ding. Right. Well, because we were next to a a light. A light. Yeah. (laughs) I think a ghost was in that light bulb. So then we went back and we more actively waved it around. And any time we got near an electrical outlet, it made noise. That is wild. So just to explain this to anyone who's joining us for the first time. Welcome. This is is called an EMF meter. Basically tests uh, electric frequency Mm -hmm. that has come near it. And... For whatever reason, ghost hunters believe that ghosts have high EMF properties, and so this is a way to test them. But suspiciously, they seem to go off near things like light sockets and electric beds. For some reason, those have an electromagnetic field associated so with weird. them. Weird. So Still weird. Still scratching my head about that. So we were supposed to mark down what we had felt and then go return our diagrams to... So I'm writing like, death, death, death in like three different places. These are my guesses. And Ross is like, oh, I didn't click anything. And I'm like, what? What? And it turns yeah. out we had absorbed very different directions. Right. I was waiting to feel something. It gave me a little bit of a chill. And if that had happened, I would have written it down. Mm -hmm. But instead, I wrote, didn't detect anything. Right. Put it in the box. You put your death into the box. (laughs) Yep. And then they collected them. I thought this was pretty cool. This is on the edge of scientific of them. Yeah, absolutely. And they didn't preload us with stories about where things were supposed to be. Now, to be fair, not hard to look this up on the internet. But but yeah, you know, if you're going to go into it honestly, you'll come out of it honestly. And then they tabulated that while we all watched... Amityville 3D, which Jude didn't want to stay to watch. She was like, it's going to be too scary. It's going to be too scary. It's rated PG. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) Which actually, yeah, I think nowadays that would be a PG-13. I think so too. With what happens at the end. I don't even remember what happens at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I do remember laughing a lot at the end. Okay. Well, yeah, there's a lot of, it was right in that period where People were getting really excited with all the prosthetic effects. Mm. Hadn't gone digital yet. Yeah, okay. And so there's a lot of gruesome stuff toward the end in that respect. But by today's standards, we all kind of chuckle at it. Yeah, it's funny. You know what else is funny? High quality comedy? Exactly. Comedy, culture, it's all fun, it's Delivered all funny. in podcast form? Exactly, like from Max Fun. Oh, they're a wonderful example of comedy and culture. Exactly, that's what I was thinking, and you should listen to this show here. Are you tired of trying to keep up with the news cycle? Is bad stuff happening too fast for you to process? Don't you wish there was an easy way to find out about only the most important info you need? Hi, we're Lisa. <laughs> and Emily. <laughs> Why don't you try our podcast, Baby Geniuses? On each episode of our podcast, we discuss a weird Wikipedia page, such as Flatulence Humor, Clamato, Catalan Witches, Slippy the Microsoft Office Helper, Death During Consensual Sex, and The Talking Mongoose. We ask each other stupid questions. Uh, if you <laughs> if you got a packet with like 300 seeds in it, what kind of plant would you choose the seeds to be? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that felt like you were assigned to ask me a question and there were certain words you weren't allowed to use. We talk about Martha Stewart, her pony, and other celebrity horse news. Ben Chunch. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby Geniuses. Well, I think I will. All right, great. Uh, so yeah, we sat down, we watched our movie. They, they had a bucket of 3D glasses. You could go grab right. them. And this 3D didn't make me sick. Yeah, this was the circular polarization. It's the yeah. way to go. And, uh, don't worry everybody, I had brought dinner, so. Carrie came prepared for all of this. I don't yeah. know what I was thinking. You had had some kind of dinner. You had, okay. had Indian food, I think. Mm, as I often do. Yeah. <laughs> but we did share that entire bottle of wine. I had some hummus that I was kind of keeping to myself but i was like you can share my cucumber uh-huh she kept giving me cucumber <laughs> and i think this is a thing i'll think i'm being very obvious about something i dislike uh, and care be like oh, here you go here's yeah, more of it didn't yeah and then finally you said like well cucumber's not good and I, I, was I was like what yeah i was eating it but i was making faces and, and finally i said all right sure i'll have another but uh Boy, cucumber. Well, you know, who who can... eats cucumber by itself? <laughs> I was like, what is the best thing? But you know, you can always say no, thank you. Oh sure. Oh well, it's not like I hate it. It's no, just, yeah. I would never seek it out. I think our listeners will back me up on the cucumber thing. Oh, cucumber's so good. I mean, it's much better with hummus. Let's be real. But, well, of course. But everything is. I mean, if you fried oh. the cucumber, it would be better too. Oh, I love a fried pickle. As long as it's a good solid dill. I'm yeah, in. exactly. I'm in on the pickle. Don't give me a fucking sweet pickle. Oh, That's disgusting. What? That's disgusting. What? You know what? If you're listening to the show and you like sweet pickles, unfriend us now. <laughs> <laughs> Just unsubscribe. We'll probably get like one really upset email from somebody. <laughs> so like, I own a sweet pickle factory. I'm really upset. You said that. <laughs> we, no, we, we still value your friendship, sweet pickle. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. Get out of here, sweet pickle. Oh, fun fact about Amityville 3D. It was directed by Richard Fleischer. Oh, my husband. Very talented director of many things, but also the son of Max Fleischer. My dad. Who was the animator behind the Fleischer Studios that did Betty Boop. My wife. Out of the Inkwell. Popeye. My boyfriend. You've heard of Popeye. He's the sailor man. And uh, the early Superman cartoons. Anyways. uh, All right. Very cool. I was recently reading a little bit of Richard Fleischer's biography. He was talking about working on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And then he also talked about being with his father as his father was convalescent on his deathbed. And he had worked back in early days of animation. I think one of his daughters or nieces, something like that, saw a magazine sitting nearby and it had Walt Disney's picture on the front of it. And she held it up and said, hey, Dad, look, it's your friend. And Aww. so he kind of muttered something. And so they got up closer to hear what he was saying. He said, son of a bitch. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Anyways, Amityville 3D started in a really fun way. They had everybody come in as prospective buyers into this house. They had an old woman there who was acting as the medium. Mm-hmm. And they sat around to conduct a seance. Things started getting really spooky and there were voices coming and glowing objects starting to float into frame and then one of those prospective buyers got up turned on the lights you see a guy in a black suit who's holding up the glowing thing he quickly tries to run out of the room and they're exposed as frauds it was pretty fun yeah intro to the movie like oh it's like that's us (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, some good investigatory work there. Yeah. So there was a thorough debunk at the beginning of the film. So you've established, ah, these things aren't real. Yeah. These people are smart. They don't believe that kind of stuff. And I, at some point, I leaned over to you and said, I think these people are going to really learn a the lesson. lesson. <laughs> yes. And they do. They did. Yeah. This is interesting. Within fiction, you can have this unjustified skeptic. Yeah, the person uh-huh. who, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I think of Scully in the X Files. Uh-huh. After all she's seen, at some point, rationally, she should become a believer uh-huh. because uh-huh. she lives in a world where these things are real. Yeah, yeah, fair. And, and so, after a certain point, it, it's no longer justified to yes be cynical or skeptical right. about this. But in the mind of a creator who's already on the believing end of the spectrum, the only reason you wouldn't believe is because you're a big old curmudgeon, right? And it was in 3D, so there would occasionally be some object that would come right at your face and stick out of the screen. I just took my 3D glasses off partway through it because it turns out if you're not right in front of the screen, <laughs> it's, it's not very. It's harder to see. After a while, I did plead with Carrie. Hey, can we scoot and grab that spot from those people who just left? So we scooched. Then you went to the bathroom at one point, and I moved the blanket another like <laughs> ten feet closer to the center. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, I figured not. And I should say that sheet mm-hmm. that I was moving mm-hmm. was not a Brooklyn sheet. No, it was a quilt that I brought, I think. Because you don't put Brooklyn and sheets out on grass <laughs> no, in no, the no, public. No, no. You gonna put those nice ass sheets on that stanky ass grass? <laughs> no, sir. No. Or no. ma'am. Or whoever. You don't do that with your nice sheets because Brooklyn and are really nice sheets. And actually it's funny that you bring that up because this episode is supported in part by Brooklyn. And they are the fastest growing betting brand in the world with over 20,000 five-star reviews. Amazing. So many stars. So many stars. How many stars are in the firmament? More or less than 20,000? More. Okay. Well, actually, that you can see with your naked eye, fewer. No, see? It's in the low thousands. They should make that their motto. Hmm. Brooklyn and more stars than are are projected (laughs) on the firmament. (laughs) But if you zoom in, you know, Hubble, deep field style, then sure. forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Well, But hey, Brooklinen's got some growing to do. There will be more stars. Exactly. They were founded in 2014 with the mission of bringing luxury sheets to everyday life. They didn't want it to just be your fancy Aunt Mame who has Mame? those sheets. You know, Auntie Mame. Auntie, I know of Aunt May from... Oh. Spider-Man. Auntie Mame is a famous musical. Oh, really? Well, actually, it's just called Mame, but it's based on a movie called Auntie Mame. I knew none of this. This is not important. Learned but, so many things from this podcast. But exactly. They didn't want it to just be all those fancy-dancy people getting their fancy sheets when it could be you. <laughs> and these the, sheets. The salt of the earth, uh-huh. Brooklyn and user. <laughs> <laughs> These sheets don't just feel great, but they look great, too, with different colors and materials to choose from. And did you know, Ross? Ross, is it? I'm, yeah, me. Okay. I'm Ross. Brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for our listeners. That's right. You can get $20 off and free shipping. So that's like even more money off when you use the promo code. Oh, no. Oh, no. At Brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so sure you'll love your new sheets that they offer a risk-free 
60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters. You guys, this is the inside scoop. There's no risk. Get $20 off and free shipping by using the promo code, oh no, at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And now you know how to spell linen. Promo code, oh Oh no. no. Anyway, about ghosts. When I went off to pee in the, uh, what do you call that, porta potty? Yes. Afterward, I started walking around the house a little more because I realized I can kind of get my own little private tour. Yeah. Didn't go inside, but but circled the perimeter and started taking some pics, some spooky pics. And guess what I discovered? A doll? No. Okay. A light orb. What? Yes. <gasps> On the back patio. As I was taking my picture, I was like, what's that little blue dot in the center? Oh, my God. It's a light orb. It's a spirit. It's all confirmed. And you guys can see the pictures at facebook.com forward slash onrack. Now, I should add, I could completely control where the orb went by simply tilting my camera because it was aimed at a light. Uh Uh-huh. But it was probably a ghost. Okay. Yeah, that's rational. But I did, as I was circling back around... There was one side of the house that was the darkest and I looked up at a window and I did scare myself with the thought like, oh, it would be terrifying if I just suddenly saw someone come in the window, Uh, you know, and like kind of pictured it. I love how you can do that. Just the mere thought that, oh, what if that happened? Yeah. Can be enough to get you teary eyed. Yeah, yeah. You make your heart race a little bit. Yeah, that's fun. So then I went back, sat with you. We finished up the movie. And I kind of thought at the end they were going to make an announcement about, okay, well, here's where the spooky feelings were felt. But they said, no, we're going to pull all of our data together and we'll Mm -hmm. actually email you. Yeah, Richard gave a brief summary. He said that there were certain areas of concentration. And he did mention that... The parlor was pretty bare. Right. Except for a few spots around the turret, which is interesting because we weren't allowed to walk anywhere close to the area under the turret. Mm -hmm. As you're looking at the house face on to the left side, there's this giant cylinder and it's got a conical roof on it. So I wonder if maybe some people as they were walking up felt creepy about that part. Yeah, or maybe they walked around the perimeter. Maybe they just looked in that direction and Mm -hmm. saw something that seemed out of place to them. Yeah. But then he mentioned, now that he could give away a bit of this, that there are supposedly at least two ghosts. A man who lives on the second floor Uh and paces around and often spends time in that turret looking out the windows. We had been encouraged, I think, earlier to keep an eye on the windows, which I did regularly. I would look back and just look for any movement in the Mm, windows, which would have been easy for them to stage if they had wanted to. I know. I kind of expected when she said, now if you hear anything upstairs, there's no one there, kind of made me feel like, oh, there's someone there. Uh But then nothing happened. So at least they didn't take advantage of that situation. And then there's a woman who lives on the lower level of the house. And people. People have seen her. Well, you might be wondering, did anyone die there? Why why is all this haunting happening? Yeah, tell me. I will. So the Hale House, as you know, was built in 1887, became a historic house in 1972. Mm. Um, It was initially at the foot of Mount Washington, a few blocks from where it is now. Okay. It was sold a bunch between 1887 and 1906. 
pretty short time to have a bunch of different owners. Hmm, yeah. And it's called the Hale House because the people who lived there the longest Are were the Hales. Exactly. They had it from, I think, the aughts. They had it from, I think, the aughts of 1900 to the 60s. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. So it was 64 years, 1906 to 1970. Oh, okay. So the Hales were James and Bessie. They were a married couple. And then Bessie had a sibling who had a daughter, Bessie's niece, Odina. Just a couple of years after they bought this house, James and Bessie split up. Kind of a big deal for Aww. the... Uh, early 1900s, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Anyway, they split up. She kept the house. She turned it into a boarding house. He died soon after that, but she lived to be 97. Oh, wow. And she was still running the place when she died, but I couldn't find anything about where she died. Did she die in the house? Did she die in the house? She's 97. She might have just gone to sleep. Well, I think she must be the one who's downstairs. I'm hoping it's Bessie. It's got to be Bessie. But when she died, she had left the house to Odina, and Odina was like, I'm getting rid of this right away. I do not want this thing. So she ended up donating it to the Historical Society. They paid $1 for it. That was in 1967. We've been told, by the way, that... This is often referred to as the most photographed house in Los Angeles. You think of Frank Lloyd Wright house like... um? Oh, yeah. The one that was used in Blade Runner, the Ennis house. Oh, right. Who knows if that's true or not. But if you look online for Hale House Los Angeles, H-A-L-E, you'll find plenty of photos. So, how did we get these reputed hauntings? Yeah, how? Okay, well... The first uh, record of it I could find was in 1987. The LA Times ran a story by Sam Hall Kaplan... And he said that Hale House has the most active spirits in Heritage Square. Oh. I don't know who he was. So then I think, you know, word got around and people started doing paranormal investigations there. Like our friend Catherine Wilson. Uh, She's not actually our friend. friend. No. Uh, But she is a medium from the show Storage Wars. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And her friend Sally Richards Together, they wrote a write-up of it for Ghost Hunting in Southern California, their website. And they said they they spotted an adolescent girl spirit. Hmm. And they also put basically a ghost box on the table. They called it a PX, which is sort of a fancier ghost box. Okay. Um, what kind of ghost box are we talking about? The One of kind that frequency just, shifting yeah, ones. Yeah, so it a loops. Frank's box sort of it's thing. It's basically a very bad radio that okay. loops through a radio station. <laughs> Stupid radio, stay on one station. <laughs> yeah, and gives you a sound for a second and goes, Bleh! and then if you're desperate to hear something, you then uh, fill in what that was. We talked about this in our Queen Mary investigation because the docent we were with for that tour had one of these frequency skipping boxes. And yeah, you hope to just pick up little bits of noise from various spoken word stations. So the the spirit box or ghost box or PX or whatever you want to call it was saying the words cards, frog, and rabbit. And guess what was on the table, Ross? Those are all words, Carrie. Yes, but on the table were cards... A toy frog and a toy rabbit. Dun, dun, dun. Amazing. Amazing. If I were a ghost and I were coming back to talk to the living, I'd be like, this here, this is a table. Glass. Glass. 
Frog. Doily. Microphone. Cell phone. <laughs> great, great communication. But they felt that the house had been used for seances in the past. Okay. They could hear noises in the kitchen, but no one was in the kitchen. What? Yes. And when they went upstairs, because apparently they were allowed to go upstairs, <laughs> they heard audible breaths in the bedroom. And they also heard some walking. What? You know, I'm hearing like uh, the sound of a dog scuttling about on the floor and then drinking water. You know how when it's 11 p.m., you're like, you know what? This is a perfect time to have my kibble. (laughs) That's all his philosophy. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. happens a lot. It does. Okay, so then last year, February 2017, this fellow named Gerald Reynolds, he did an investigation also with a spirit box. And he heard voices say their names. They said April, Roger, Deborah, and they said, get out. Oh, Yeah, exciting. Now, I'm going to play for you some of the clips. Did he get out or did he stay and die? No, he stayed because I think they were EVPs. I don't think he heard them until he got home and replayed them. Okay. There's one clip where he asks the spirits their name, mm-hmm. and I'll let you guess what he thinks they respond. Oh, thank you, you for not preloading the yes. name so I can hear it fresh. Okay. Uh, what did she? What were the? What was the response? <laughs> Barbara. Barbara. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Are you a woman? You are. Okay, so he says, "Are you a woman?" It's kind of a vague yes. Yeah, yeah sort of yes, for yes and or no. You are. Mm-hmm. This time, uh, I want you to listen for. What's your names? We are Hale. Whoa. Okay. Here we go. Whoa, can you believe that? I can't believe it. They said we're both hail. I can't believe it either. Yeah, one more time. That's incredible. We're both hail. Unbelievable. Amazing. I can't even get my mind to make that one. We're both hail. Nope. I am looking nope. at the words as they pop up on the screen, and my mind's still like, well, that's not we're both Yeah, because usually that gets you 80% of the way to hearing it. Totally. But the, even this was a bit of a stretch. Burp, burp, burp. Burp, burp, burp. I am uh, hail. We're both hail. We are hail. Yeah. We are hail. <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts because there, there's clearly a man in the room and at least two women. And I think he's just forgotten the other woman's there because she's just talking. And he's like, oh. I heard a woman's voice. Oh, no. This is important with EVP. Take notes Yes. when you're there. Carrie's good at this. It, oh, thank you. Putting down any little thing that you hear, making sure that you know, oh, someone scooched a chair just yeah. then. And say it out loud on the tape is so much more useful. Right. So, say, oh, so later on. Coughed. Yeah, because you will totally forget mm-hmm. all the details, and then you'll be like, whoa, that's amazing. What mm-hmm. does that sound? And apparently- If you're interested in truth, if you're interested right. in shock value, then yeah, just record the thing. <laughs> um, and uh, 
Apparently, you should even say, just as a reminder to myself, there are two women here. <laughs> right. She's frustrated because we don't know about it now, and everyone knew about it then. Oh. Do you know what I'm talking about? It sounds like... Did you hear that? Uh, you might have thought that was a woman clearing her throat. It wasn't. It was a ghost um, saying, get out. Oh, was it? Yep. Can you play the relevant part again? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh. Whoa. That was a very fast get out. Get out. No. Get out. No. It sounds a lot like a human clearing their throat, but it is not. It is a ghost saying get out. Okay. Probably a big fan of Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. What was one of the best films of 2017? Get out. Get out. Oh, yeah. This was 2017. Really? Yeah. Hey, okay. Yeah. That was my vote for best picture that year. That ghost is with it. Yeah. So those were the major investigations of this house are you convinced that it is haunted no oh well we did get an email it's amazing how easy it is though to start a haunting legend yeah the threshold it seems like it's even lower than the threshold for canonization of a saint in the catholic Uh church uh where you need now a couple miracles like oh the 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 picture of mother Teresa appeared in this floorboard uh-huh. and oh this person prayed for intercession for mother Teresa and she's feeling better now mm-hmm. all you have to do is just tell one story of something oh, totally. you saw and then you can charge admission for people to come see your your special haunted house we should do that yeah we should start a religion make a haunted house i i was thinking that for a while that it would be fun to just start haunted house legends about like every house <laughs> in an area and just carpet bomb saturate an area with ghost tales because if they're all haunted, none yeah. of them are haunted. Oh, very interesting. It's like if everybody's special, no one is. No one's special. Thank you. Incredibles. By the way, we have one pedant who writes us after we say haunted house every time. And says, what? houses can't be haunted. Only people can be haunted. Oh, A house okay. is haunting. To you, I say, stop it. Oh, this is just a grammar thing even? Yeah. I thought the point was like haunting isn't real, but no. No, it's well, it is. You, you, so you're too. acknowledging that it's a real spirit if you're saying the house is haunted. Look, that's what our culture refers to when talking about a house <sighs> that has haunting tales attached to it. It is a haunted house. For God's sake. I'm doing this because of one person who... <laughs> The rest of you are totally cool and you're having to listen to our complaints, but thank you, everybody else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Stay cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. So we got an email when we got home from the experimenters. Yeah. Took a little while, but he did follow up. Yeah. He gave us a pretty good little diagram of he put down a dot every place one individual felt something. Mm -hmm. And so you can kind of get this little, what do you call that? Like a scatter diagram or? Yeah. Yeah. Distribution of dots throughout the floor plan of the house. He said that about 45% of the people who had attended the event had submitted some experience. Right. That's when I was like, oh, shoot. I didn't know that's what you were going for with this test. And now I feel like I shouldn't have put anything down. Sure. Oh, well. But I feel pretty good about my choices because they matched up okay with the results. Yeah. We'll share this picture on our Facebook page. 
And then he said, by the way, there was a secret experiment within the haunted house experiment that none of the attendees were aware was happening. Just for fun, a doll was secretly hidden in a bush outside the door to the kitchen. Yeah, I'm bummed I didn't see that now. I know. That spot was chosen because it had no history of ghost sightings. And it was a doll from one of their previous events where there were a bunch of haunted objects. I think that's a pretty cool little test, little Mm -hmm. control, because he said, if you notice from the picture below, there's a cluster of dots outside that door. So it would appear a few people felt the creeps as they walked past the hidden haunted doll. And that's kind of a little nod to like, hey, this could all be your brain. Yeah. I've got to say, I really like the Gula organization Mm -hmm. and how they handle these events. Yeah. These are legitimately fun places with fun history, and they talk about it. They contextualize the ghost aspects, and they never make any overblown claims. Yeah, they they seem pretty agnostic about it and more just like, this is fun. Yeah, we're having fun. Yeah. I'm so down with that. But at the same time... Not so just having fun that it's like, you know, just a hokey haunted house that you'd go to for Halloween or something. Mm -hmm. Like there's a little more sincerity than that, but not too much. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I like the balance they've struck. I agree. I always call that believing but having a twinkle in your eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and what do you think? We we didn't finish up the movie. The the movie ends with everything going to hell and there's all these crazy creatures. Oh, yeah. Literally going to hell. There's there's like a well that's a portal to hell in the house. Yeah. At first, there's the whole bee thing that's tied to the Amityville story. Mm -hmm. So the the flies. The flies, rather. Yeah. The flies are killing people. And uh, yeah, and then eventually they fall down this portal and they bring all their scientific equipment and these horrendous monsters show up and it's wild. You guys, this is one of my favorite things about the Amityville legend is that supposedly there is a room that just had so many flies. Open a window. (laughs) Mystery solved. Problem solved. (laughs) So yeah, did you have we, fun? yeah, I did have a lot of fun. I didn't see any spectral faces peek out of the upstairs window. Me neither. I didn't hear any voices whispered in my ears, though apparently some people smelled smells. Oh, that's right. And heard heard music. And you told me afterwards, you said, I was wearing perfume. Yeah, because someone said they smelled ladies perfume. And I was like, were we not supposed to wear perfume? So maybe maybe they smelled you. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, But we we didn't have any strong experiences, unfortunately. But we had a good time. And we saw some friends out there. I still hold that the dining room is full of death. Death. Probably from Bessie. Okay. Well, what would you give the Hale House on a pseudoscience rating? Where one is something that's just not pseudoscientific, right? It's totally scientific. Do you follow? I follow. Like uh, the germ, the theory of germs, germ theory. Yeah, that's well established. Yeah, exactly. Germs cause illness. Mm -hmm. And then 10 is something incredibly pseudoscientific, like the germs that are inside a goat's gamete. Mm. Oh, like a sperm cell? Yeah. Or another sex cell? Right. A goat egg? Those make up your entire body. Mm. Well, that's not true, so that that's a 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to say one. I don't see any pseudoscientific aspect to the house. Oh, well, okay. The house... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. (laughs) It's not a haunted house. It's a haunting house. (laughs) It's not a pseudoscience house. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, okay. I guess I mean I this mean, event, the Hail House. Right, and the stories around. Sure. Event, yeah. But even for the event itself, I, I didn't hear anything that made me think, oh, these people don't get science. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to those EVP mm-hmm. gatherers that you were playing yeah. for me, yeah, they're they're yeah. obviously stepping a bit out of their bounds. So for including them, I'll bring it up to a three. Okay, yeah. I was thinking the same. I was thinking if they had come in with e-meters and e-meters... <laughs> If they had come in with emails, I would have been like, this is wild. This is a great event. Oh, yeah. My no. kind of people. <laughs> EMF Should have brought meters. ours. <laughs> EMF detectors ablazing. Yeah, that would have been an issue. Or been looking for light orbs or any of those things. Dowsing rods, etc. Then I'd bring it up. But yeah, I agree. So I'll give it a two. How about on a danger rating? Where one is something not dangerous, you go to visit a park and it is ADA accessible. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's not dangerous. That's uh, great for everybody. And 10 is something really dangerous. You're outside at a park, maybe, you know, a heritage park with a bunch of other people trying to watch a movie, and there's helicopters flying overhead all the time, disrupting the movie, and one of them crash lands in the midst of the party. Okay, I was waiting for where that's the danger came not in. dangerous. Yeah, now it is. Okay, you're it right. It just got real. No, you're right. Yeah, thank you for not being nice and finally getting real. One? Yeah, I can't think of any danger. Same here. Unless, oh, well, organ failure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, one. Okay, how creepy is this? Where Mm. one is something that's just not creepy. Like, you go to Australia because you're going to give a talk, Mm -hmm. and you have a lovely time, and everybody there is so nice, and you eat lots of good food, and you get to pet a wallaby. You pet a wallaby? Yeah, and- If uh, we're talking about you. Yeah, and a patty moran, which is like a tinier wallaby. I've never even heard of that. No one has, and yet it's a small, medium, large situation. Kangaroo, big. Wallaby, medium. Patty moran- Smallest. That's fantastic. Yeah, they're great. They're so sweet. Anyway, okay, that's a one. And then 10 is something extremely creepy that may have also happened to a certain someone while they were in Australia. Uh Uh-oh. Imagine this. You go to a beach house and you're staying there alone. And outside there is a thunderstorm and lightning and rain. And in the middle of the night at 2 a.m., the microwave just turns itself on. What? Cooks nothing for about 14 seconds and then turns itself off. Oh, that's creepy. I have never been so actually creeped out like, who pushed the thing? Wow. Nobody's here. This is the real haunting story. Yeah, right? That's a 10. Uh, Wow. Okay, well, we didn't get to those heights in our experience. I'm going to say a five. I'm going to say this registers on the creepiness scale. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's definitely got that vintage look and feel to it. Mm -hmm. The way the place is organized, the stairs that lead up where you can't go, the stories, the turret, Mm -hmm. and the, the movie. You know, mm-hmm. which taught us that it is not a good idea to be dismissive of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. I'd say it was a good, fun, spooky night, giving it a five. Cool. I think I'd go a little higher. Oh. I, I want to say seven, but I think I'm going to pull back a little and say six. I feel like it's fun spooky mm-hmm. all the way up to seven or eight. But genuine oh, okay. fear, more down around, yeah, five. So I'm going to stick with a six. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. What would you give this on a pocket drainer scale? Where one is something not very pocket draining. You ride with a friend to go to a fun evening with 
Grim Grinning Ghosts. That's the one. Okay. It, whereas. But the, it's free. It's free, essentially, okay. except for you know, the cost of gas or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then a 10 is something exorbitantly expensive. You get a lift ride. They're, you're going to the same event, but mm-hmm. they just drive to the border of the state <laughs> and drive all the way around the, the perimeter oh, of the no. state. This is the worst lift driver. Eight hours later, you finally come back. <laughs> I've been too polite to say anything. Yeah, the event is long over. Oh, no. And they say, I'm sorry, you now owe me $200. That would be pretty cheap for going around the perimeter of the state. Yeah, well, I wasn't thinking of going all the way north. So, you know, I'm going to say that's pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, it's... To, boy, if you get a lift on New Year's Eve, man, that is oh yeah, like a hundred dollars to go a mile. That, those are peak hours, huh? Oh yeah. Anyway, okay, so pocket trainer. Well, it was Saturday, the thirteen dollars. Um, <laughs> so one, it's really cheap, cheap for a movie and some cucumber and uh, some ghosts. Yeah, I think yeah. Thanks for supplying all the wine. Yeah, no problem. The cucumber. Remember the cucumber? That was mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it was a, a good value for the money. Well, what about your favorite moment? Ooh, besides seeing Jude, because that's always a highlight of any evening, I'll say moving the blanket while you were at the bathroom. <laughs> a more attentive person would be really spooked out by that, but I was just like, where's Ross? Oh, there's Ross. <laughs> we should also mention it was pretty cold out there. It was. Yeah, I was glad I had a, a little bit of uh, long sleeves there at least to yeah. keep me warm. I and brought a blanket from Guatemala and put it on my legs. But we also had comfy socks. Yes, we did. And you know why? Because, because they were made by Bombas. Exactly. And Ona Ross and Carrie is supported in part by Bombas. I actually did wear my Bombas socks that night. Oh, there you go. I remember thinking, in case socks come up tonight. Well, thank you for not lying. I wouldn't make up something like oh, that. Oh, can you imagine? I would feel very uncomfortable saying I'd worn Bomba socks if I hadn't. I don't remember which <laughs> shoes I was wearing at that point, but Bombas are my favorite socks that I wear. And let's assume that since it was a good day, I was wearing Bombas. Excellent. They feature an arch support system. They have a cushioned footbed. Stay up technology, seamless toes, and super soft cotton. Yes, they are designed to be, get this you guys, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Feet have been around for a long time. I know. Socks have been around for a long time. Also, Bombas donates one brand new pair of socks for every pair they sell. To date, they've sold and donated over 7 million pairs. That's pretty great. Yeah, I love my Boma socks. Same here. And OnRack listeners can get 20% off their first order. Did you know that? Ooh, that's a good way to get started. Exactly. So you go to bombas.com. That's B-O-M as in Mickey, B-A-S dot com slash. Oh, no. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com. And you'll get 20% off your first order. And remember, the code is oh, no, O-H-N-O. You got to put that in twice. Slash oh, no. Code, oh no. That's right. So they'll know you came from here. You heard about Bombas from us. Exactly. And back to our show. Oh, my favorite was that during Jude's set, 
She's telling this elaborate story, and this little boy, probably like seven years old, (laughs) just walks into the spotlight that's lighting her up and starts doing hand puppets. That's hilarious. (laughs) And and she had to stop and look down. She just goes with it. What are you doing? Oh, are we doing hand puppets? Oh, I can do that too. Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Until his mom comes over to grab him, like, stop it. Stop it. What are you doing? It was so funny. Oh, that was my favorite part. Hot drinks? Uh, thumbs down. No hot drinks. No hot drinks. Well. Thumbs down. Think about that, Gula. Yeah. Pick up your step, Gula. I got to tell you, I figured out what happened with the Australian microwave. What happened? Later that night. You solved that mystery. Yeah. So earlier in the day, I had been trying to use it, and it was like a really old microwave. I want to say like mid-70s microwave. Okay. So... And, you know, it was like, well, uh, you know, what wattage do you want to go into this when you cook it? <laughs> All right. Now, how many seconds? All right. Now, is it a potato? You know, so it was like very hard to figure out. And I kept just pushing buttons, like trying to get anything to start. And it ah. didn't. And I think I programmed it. Oh, okay. To go off in the middle of the night. Yeah, I think I accidentally seconds. was like at four at 2 a.m. Oh, wow. Go off for okay. 14 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And then it said, get out. <laughs> yeah, it said, we are microwave. Well, I hope you all enjoyed our spooky Halloween adventure. Spooky. And that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash OMRAC, O-N-R-A-C. See some pics. Yeah, do that. Or go to carrypoppy.horse. Also leave us positive reviews on iTunes, on Spotify, on Travelocity, wherever it is you go. <laughs> TripAdvisor, Yelp. And support us at MaximumFun.org slash donate. And um, by the way... Minneapolis, we are almost sold out. We might be sold out. Oh, at this really? Point. Yep. That's We're happening, very close. Happening so, next month. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Ono oh Podcast. That's where all the classy people follow us. Exactly. I'm not the on unclassy Twitter. people literally follow us down the street. Duh. It follows. And remember. Casey Affleck has an Oscar, and Angela Bassett does not. Only one podcast is brave enough to call bullshit. Who shot ya? With Ricky Carmona. A lot of people don't know porks. Puerto Rican. Alonzo Duralde. I would eat oak jaw. <gasps> April Wolf. I want to interrupt and say yes. that the fish man was real sexy. Drea Clark. I have a real soft spot for King Kong. And women of color. I was like, damn! Right, Kugel got final cut! Kugel got final cut! I just felt like the film was so sour and so completely irrelevant to basically anything in life. Who shot ya? Listen every Friday on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.